Welcome back to the Daily Product Podcast, you guys. Fucking stoked for today's episode. On today, I'm going to have my best friend going back a long time, Max Balch, right? We honestly haven't hung out in a while, but recently he had to quit drinking, so I figured what a perfect opportunity. Let's talk to somebody who's in my exact shoes. Let's talk to somebody who's in a lot of your shoes. Max is one of a kind, one of the most interesting people you will ever meet in your life, one of the most interesting people with his worldviews, and you ain't going to change him. Max is Max, and that's why we love him. So stay tuned for this exciting episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to The Daily Product. I'm here in my mother's kitchen with a very exciting guest, a one of a kind, the only person on earth who thinks the way he thinks, Max Raymond Baltrite. One of my best friends since seventh grade. It's been eighth, but who's counting, you know? Yeah, eighth grade, eighth grade. The reason I wanted Max to come on today is recently he had to quit drinking. Unlike a lot of people who follow my program and stuff who chose to quit drinking, Max had to quit drinking because of medications he got put on. And we're here today to find a little bit about that. So when you first had to quit drinking, Max, what was that like? Man, I was, the doctor told me, he's like, man, you're not going to be drinking. He's like, you okay with that? I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, we'll see about that, dog. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I'm like, I wanted to, wanted to clear up my face and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? It's got to get done. If I got to stop drinking, it's only drinking, you know, it's got to get done. And did you, did you consider just being like, fuck it and just drinking on them anyways? I mean, I still have one, a couple, but I'm like. I can't be drinking like how we go out to parties and get blacked out and fucked up like crazy. It's just like, he's just telling me it's got to get done to help you out. And I'm like, well, that's not a problem. I did think about it. I'm like, at first, I'm like, I can, I know I can cheat this. There's always a way to cheat something, no matter what. (laughs) You can cheat your meds? Oh, I'll cheat it, whatever I have to do. But got through like the first month and I was like, fuck it. We're already a month in. No. It's not a big deal. When you stop drinking that first month, not even like you're looking for something, but what's one thing you noticed that was different besides more money being in your account? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I noticed you'd go out. You're just like, I feel like more quiet. You know, I'm like, I'm talkative guy, but you'll just be out and the drunk thoughts don't really start flowing. You know, when you're around a bunch of drunk people, and you're the only sober one, it's kind of hard to get in on the conversation. You know, they're all... You're on a different level. You're on a different level. You're yourself, you know. Truly, you're yourself. When you're drunk, that's just a different demon coming out. It's not you. It's not you. It's not you. But, yeah, that's... I definitely like myself, so I thought it's pretty... There's there's, there's nothing wrong with being sober with everybody. It's not like... You like being the real Max around here. I'm the real Max, yeah, you know. You're the real Max. You get to get to hear these thoughts. Hmm. Well, what are you, how many months are you into it now? Uh, November, December, January. So three months. Three months? Three months. Dude, that's big. It's big, yeah. it's big for, especially for people our age. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like if you were 30 years old and they told you to stop drinking, you'd be like, all right, yeah. I won't have my, I won't have my beer on the back porch of the yeah. dogs. Like that, that ain't shit, man. When you're 30. Just hard now. I mean, you had to miss all the holidays, no drinking. Blackout Wednesday, no drinking. Well, it's hard too because like your friends, all oh. your friends—that's what they spend their time doing—is drinking. Yeah, and not knocking them, but it's all people do. And you know what? Is 
the environment you grow up in. You're in a small town. Well, I mean, when did we start drinking? Like seventh grade? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely around. You, I remember we'd come here and you'd get fucked up before parties a couple times, but I really didn't start drinking like every weekend probably till my senior year. Senior year, I drank a lot. It was like the culture that was fed to us on the drinking. Yeah, I mean, that's just the type of people we grew up with. and yeah. Sometimes I wonder, though, like... How everyone would be if we didn't drink. Like, what if the culture grew up and was like that we didn't really drink, you know? Like, we didn't have to struggle with that vice then. Because even if, you even if you know, alcohol doesn't really, you know, you're not an alcoholic, everybody who drinks regularly at some point has experienced it as a vice in terms of fact. You woke up the next morning, you're like, oh, fuck. It slows you down. I regret that. Or, you know, like, I wish I didn't say that last night or... I ruined a relationship last night. What did I even do last night? <laughs> so even if it's not a problem for people, it's, at some point in all of our lives, it's been a vice. Yeah. I, everybody's. Everybody's. But, I, I think mean, I, I personally think it's, it's very lonely when you quit drinking. You still have your friends. You still have your ride or dies. We have our ride or dies. But it, to some extent, it is like it's lonely. Yeah, just because, I mean, drinking is... Stupid as it might sound, it's a social convention, and when you're not a part of that, you're on the outside. I mean, you know, I know plenty of people. If they're not drinking, you give them shit for it. They're like, "Oh, this guy's. Co- Why are you even coming out if you're not drinking?" And yeah. I've never got that though, because same. I mean, and it should people say that, but at the same time, though, you like a person for who they are. If they're drunk or not, really doesn't matter. But yeah, no, it's it gets difficult sometimes. It's almost like it's, that's not how it is, but it's like you have to re-figure out how to have your social inter- not your social interactions. You got to rework your life structure. Because like before, when you were drinking heavily, it's just get done from work and be like, hey, you guys want to go grab a beer? Yeah. Hey, you guys want to meet up at the bar? You know, it's very easy form of social interaction. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's also just part of the environment you're in, though. I mean... What are we going to do? Just go. I mean, you start to, you're 21, 22. What are we supposed to do? Go sit at somebody's house, play fucking Xbox all night? Like, or. Well, I'm not saying we're going to be losers. But. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like. I'm saying you have to find, we now have to find stuff outside of it that's social. I haven't found anything yet. Have you? Yeah, a lot. You know, I mean, stuff like going snowboarding more and. You know, people like are like involved in the fitness community more. Like, talk to them. Like, hanging out with David today, like that. That's that's social. Yeah, you, like doing hunting and stuff and fishing. Yeah, that's definitely the thing too. You know, I mean, talking about your getting your goals set and stuff, working with people who are like minded goals and stuff, or just activities like hunting and fishing and shit. Definitely, that's. I mean, that's social. Yeah, it is. You're I, not gonna wake up saying you went to Taiwan and got a hooker. Yeah, but my it's fun in a different way. It's fun in a different way. Some yeah. sometimes you need those nights where you do go out with the with the squad, get a little bit fucked up. Nah, I I, I disagree. Oh now. come on! At this point, I, no. At I this disagree. point, yeah. Did you have plenty of those nights then? I absolutely had plenty of those nights. I mean, you could speak. I party pretty decently hard. <laughs> Yeah, all right, let's define, hard as a baby's, hard as a baby's ass, maybe. Get out of here. No, I'm fucking with you. Uh, I definitely just, I'm always open to him, man. I'm still young, 22, 
So you still believe in those nights? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like 30, I feel like if you're 30 and have, you start doing that too much, then you're like, all right, man, this is, you got to kind of get your life together. But 22, I feel like the best nights haven't even came yet. Yeah, these are going to come from like stuff like that. I'm like legitimately asking, like, I want you to defend your point. Some of them. Definitely some. Not all of them. You don't have to be drunk for that. Just... When, when do you... Okay, so, like, obviously alcohol is a drug. Like, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to get into some deep thing like that. But at some point, like, I feel like everybody's going to go over the edge then. Then you're like, where's where's the line? I feel like a good... As long as you're not an alcoholic, everybody should know where the line is. What's not an alcoholic? Somebody who doesn't drink every day. Every day or depends on it. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No, that's just that's just somebody who has a little bit too much free time on their hands. Where's your line? My line is uh, I'll go out during the week. If if my friends want to go out and they ask me, there's no problem with that. I usually don't like to drink on Sundays unless like I get asked to because that's my day I like to recuperate. But Saturdays, Saturdays I'll call and ask, and I mean I'll ask to go out. Same with Friday, but definitely Friday and Saturday are okay. Sunday is if it's just called upon, which it's usually not. And I'll say no. If it's if it's seven o'clock on a Sunday and you have work the next day, it's not like you can't do it. You got you got shit that has to get done and you gotta be a hundred percent for that and drinking can't can't affect that. Okay. That's the biggest thing. When drinking starts affecting your social life like your work life and your personal relationships with family then you know you have a problem that's definitely it because the people they know you before you were drinking obviously and they see a change from it then you know there's something up that's just what i think don't you think though that even like say you just drink on friday night right yeah don't you think that's still affecting your family in terms of the fact that you okay so you wake up so let's do three three points one you have less money because you yeah two you wake up Saturday in a lesser vibration, less gear. I'm not, I'm not like telling you this. I'm, I'm asking you. So I'm, I'm arguing my side of the viewpoint here. Saturday, you wake up, less vibration, slower first gear. You're probably waking up late and you probably ate some shit food. Yep. Um, and then three, is that the role model you want people around you to see? People are looking, somebody's looking up to us, right? 100%. And this is the way I think about it. I can never justify going out and drinking hard off of what's on the contrary. Like I can work hard the next day or during this time to build a financial freedom to retire my mom. I yeah. can work up to build this time building my body so my little cousins who look up to me can see that. And it makes them want to go to the gym, makes them want to ask about it, makes them want to track their macros. And like that's the way I justify it, like not drinking. And that's a good thing too, because I mean, all those things are. Alcohol doesn't have anything to do. Your family always comes first, and that's a good point. I feel the weekend thing. If it's if you're waking up hungover, I mean, you don't have to be a hundred hundred percent like with going out with the family and all that. I mean, if you are a little bit tired and all that, which you will be, you still. I hope a lot of people will look and be like, well, I've been there. One day is not going to do it. If it's every weekend and you are really sluggish and it's starting to take a toll, then that's something. 
if you go to a family party the next day, like, yeah, I was out the night before and I got pretty fucked up, but I'm here and you're yourself, shouldn't matter. And to the little ones, I wouldn't, I mean, if I, when I have kids or if I do, I wouldn't want to be showing them that, you know, that's, they'll find, they need to find it out for themselves. They don't need to see that from you. Yeah, like why introduce them into that advice? Exactly. There's no, if, I mean, if we never really were introduced to drinking, I really wouldn't want to do it. It's just, just something that we... Instead, like, we had to overcome it. Yeah. Like, at some level or another, right? It's, it, yeah. With, you're full-time yeah. working as a pipe fitter. And you have to learn. So at some, some level, you had to overcome and be like, I can't do this. Yep, and it's not hard. I mean, for me, it was never hard. I knew I had a goal. I knew I wanted to get it done. And it's like you say, though, how you wake up the next day and you're not all there. That's what drinking does. If I drink the night before, I'm going to show up and I'm not putting everything in. There is a little bit holding me back. As much as you want to, as, too. Yeah, as much as you want to. And that that makes you stronger in the long run. Okay. It does. Being able to hold out from that. Oh, yeah, like overcoming it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Show up the I mean, next day and you're like, man, I fucking didn't drink. And now I'll put 102% in because I got that 2% with that sleep, baby. Yeah. Jordan Peterson talks a lot about, like, Somebody who doesn't have a dark side is just weak. Like you have to first have the malevolent side, exactly. the dark side, in order when you go into life, then you can spot the other evils and you know how to counteract with them. You know, 100%. like overcoming that vice, then you have become resilient to it. Because if you're just nice and you're just perfect all the time, you never went through adversity, then you're just a rabbit. And then what happens? It's going to pop up. You're never going to go through it without it popping up. What are you going to do when it comes then? Yeah fucking you need a big taste of it i feel like it only makes you better what's what's more astounding to see in life the mouse or the lion who chooses not to eat the mouse the lion 100 percent. yeah because he's like man i'm gonna let you go so i mean like what i'm trying to say is it's it's honestly beneficial to come from adversity oh yeah then to not it's better not saying you should go out and get hooked on drugs, but it's almost beneficial that if you came from that lifestyle of drinking and drugs and stuff and decided to flip the page to discipline, you're going to be way more committed. And you think of that. I mean, do you see any successful people who haven't came from adversity? Have you? None. Exactly. And Kardashians. Oh, <laughs> shit. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, self-made. Self-made. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Now you got me all horned up thinking about the Kardashians. Okay, man. easy. Well, I mean, easy. Shit. <laughs> no, you're right though. They just fortune. I mean. No, but that that that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just a consistent growth over the adversity, whatever it is in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying that you won't slip either. You're gonna slip. It happens to the best of us. Everybody. If you ain't slip, you ain't human. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you do now to fill your time outside of the drinking? Uh, I've been working a lot, a lot of overtime. I'm asking for it, so that definitely try to make more money, obviously. And uh, I feel like I'm just going about it with my regular life. I'm, everyone I go hang out with, everyone still drinks, and I mean, I still go out with them. So nothing really has changed with that. There's a quote I heard that said, I want to say Wes Watson said it. And it's everybody wishes they had sober or had sober parents. What do you think about that quote? Oh, I like it. I mean, 
my parents, I mean. And not knocking anything my parents did. Like, my parents raised me almost to a perfect childhood. Yeah. I mean, my parents are pretty sober if I really think about it. And they. So are mine. Like, my drinking has never been a problem. With my yeah. Parents. And I think that's a good quote because you want the guidance. You want somebody to keep you in check. That's all it is. Like, if you're a parent, how the fuck are you going to tell your kids to get good grades in school, to work out, to, you know, do all this good stuff, to get a good job for your family, to create a good wealth for your family or his family in the future, the kid's family, and at the same time, wake up hungover every Saturday. That's going to leave a lot of weight out of your word. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And that's that's good just because, I mean... Sober parent, that's more like, it's almost like a cop just telling you to follow the rules, and you need that. I mean, break the rules without getting caught. I feel like you break them. If you want to go out and drink, do it. Then just when you show up, you have to kind of fake it to your parents. Make it be like, hey, I I wasn't. Yeah. You know? But it keeps you in check. It makes you realize. You're like, man, I have to be able to do this and still go up to the people who depend on me and be 100%. Without that being disappointed. Exactly. And if they don't know, you're you're fooling them pretty good. I mean, you're still yourself, and maybe one day you'll tell them, be like, man, I know you guys were sober, and you did a good job. I just broke the rules a little bit. Yeah. Kind of what I'm saying, or if that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like we've hammered the drinking thing pretty well, but I want to get Max. So anybody who doesn't know, Max has got a astounding, just gear-turning work ethic. Just over and over and over, grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. Just work ethic, slowly but surely building. So I want to get your opinion on work ethic and how important it is to, if you were talking to your freshman self. Freshman, so seven years ago, you were talking to Max. What would you tell him about work ethic and the importance of it and when he should really start hammering on it? Uh, I would probably tell him like, Maybe my junior year, honestly. I feel like your freshman and sophomore year, you could mess around, you know. Definitely isn't as important. But you think it's because you just don't feel the weight of the real world yet? You don't feel the weight of the real world. And I feel like that's a, you want that time, though, you know, when you don't have any of that weight. Because if you start working way too hard, way too early, you never really got to be a kid, you know. You just, that's true. And... I mean, work ethic could go into anything, but being a kid, I feel like it's just more enjoying. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even talking about work ethic like just grinding your nose to the stone on a job. I'm yeah. talking about work ethic with everything. Yeah. You know. And I definitely would tell him, like, man, your grades, find a happy medium. I feel like when you're in school from that time, no, like, keep your head down. I didn't get the best grades. I Kinda definitely didn't have grades as I wish I had. I got a 1.8 GPA in high school. And it's one that's... Not a regret, but it's one of the things I wish I was able to go back and prove to myself in. You think it was laziness. It was laziness. It was work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. That is the same for me, obviously. And I just, the work ethic wasn't there. It was more about fucking around. And I mean. I know it caused me like massive pain too. In high school, even if I didn't label it as that and I brushed it off. In high school, it caused me massive pain, you know. Teachers constantly yelling at me, constantly feeling like anxiety and stress from being behind on the work and constantly feeling this weight over me instead of just feeling accomplished. Even if I didn't get straight A's, I would have felt accomplished because I got it done. Like I got done what needed to be done. And then I could have been truly free to do everything else I wanted to do. 
It probably would have gave you a little bit more confidence to it when you're it killing would've. it. It would have. You accomplished something. Definitely. I didn't have that my freshman year, my sophomore year. I It kicked in for me my sophomore year when I started working in my summers. But in school, it was just never able to click. And I that's something I definitely regret. I wish I worked harder. Not even just in school, though. Outside of school, I definitely could have worked harder. I wish I worked things. hard in school for the fact of just working hard. You know, just the fact that I wasn't... There wasn't this one area in my life that I was, a, you know, frankly, a piece of shit in. So I was just lazy. It was like a simple fact of laziness. I feel like it was just laziness just on based on having fun. Though. You're like, man, I would just rather go have fun. Like, Oh, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with enjoying pleasure. But at the beginning, I feel like you have to do purpose over pleasure first in order to fully enjoy that pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Like if I was out Sunday night... I could much more enjoy hanging out Sunday night with my friends if I wasn't worried about Mrs. DeCare's math class where I had four assignments due Monday and I told her I was going to get them all in. Yeah. The other thing I think about like the work ethic is, though, you're so young at that point. You're still, what, 14? You're, you're a high schooler. You've never really had a real job. Where you, you learn your work ethic from your parents, but you're not applying it like it's school. But it, you're, it's still so new in your brain almost, I feel like. Oh, I feel like we all got to learn. Nobody, I don't think anybody's born with self-discipline. No, never. You have to learn it. You have to learn it by realizing the pain it causes you from not having self-discipline. I definitely think that that's a good point now that I think That's about the only it. way to realize you need self-discipline is when you first realize the pain it causes you not having it. You went to summer school, obviously. No. You never went? Never went no? to summer school. Wow. I skated skated by just enough yeah. to never go to summer oh, school. Wow, yeah. Who'd you have to blow to get out of there? Oh, that? okay. <laughs> no, I uh, I went two years, and I missed I missed half summer of working. I missed out on money. And I actually think that's really where the work ethic kicked in, in gear, man. I missed, I missed all of June when I could have been out making money, and that just – I never went again after that, and I actually – I did fail. But and that I, de- I mean, it. it seems like that decreased your happiness for that period of time. Oh yeah, I was mad. I wasn't making money. You couldn't. It, you weren't making money, and I I would not go out with my friends because you'd have to wake up for school the next day. So it just ruins, ruins pretty much ruins your whole life. Like if you really think about it, you're not making money. You're you're missing out on a great learning opportunity, and that's definitely where the work ethic kicked into gear after that. Because I'd I'd show up to work on Fridays when I didn't have to go. And you missed the whole week, so you have to give, you have to try to do probably like forty hours a week and eight hours a day, and then you have to go back and do it again. So that definitely, I mean, it sucks it happened, but it makes you who you are. So exactly, it makes you open your eyes. I call it. So I ask you about this too. Same same concept. I call it the red pill mentality, and I didn't key this term. It's from the movie The Matrix. Obviously, you take the red pill, and a lot of people say it for stuff in our life, but I like to hammer home on it. Specifically in this context, when we were in high school and we could go out and get fucked up and like have a great time, you know, party, like, oh my God, like so awesome last night. Because of the fact that we didn't feel the weight of the world yet, it wasn't on our shoulders. It was, you know, shrouded by our parents being over us and the fact that we're in school and we didn't have to support ourselves. So it was almost okay because we didn't feel the weight of the world. But now at this point in our lives, we feel it and we feel the pressure of the world. So the reason we can't have those same enjoyable nights as we did in high school, like I don't know about you, but even if I drink right now, I know it would not be the same as when I was in high school, like that free carelessness. 
it is because of the fact that we feel the weight of the world and we feel the fact that it's, we're not where we want to be. We feel the fact that, you know, maybe this is pulling us away from it and maybe we're using it as a bandaid to cover up for shit that's going on in our lives instead of back then when it was just doing it because we were completely carefree. So now we've taken the red pill on what the world's about. Now we've taken the red pill that the world's going to kick our dicks in probably a lot before we get to where we want to go. And we either face it or we could turn to stuff like that. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I'm saying that's why we cannot enjoy the same things we enjoyed back then. Oh, it'll never, it'll never feel the same ever again. And that it's the only thing you could say is you hope you enjoyed it while you did it. That's it because it's gone. That's you can never get it back. You'll never get it back. And you, now you've been awakened. You've taken the red pill. But you know what? I mean, the only thing you could fucking do is you could sit there and what reminisce about happy days, or you fucking get out there and just. Got to do what you got to do. You could you go out and you get fucked up. But just make sure to realize to yourself, be like, hey, I got shit to do the next day. You're not you're not 18. You're fucking 22. You got responsibilities, and you're gonna go get them fucking done. There you go. That's man. it. You know, like if you are gonna drink, I feel like you got to be honest with it. You can't lie to yourself. No. And say you you know it's because you need a break, or it's you know it's because like this is what you're supposed to do, or this is what my friends do. You just gotta honestly say like terms of physical the way i look like if you're working out and stuff like that would, it's, gonna fuck. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna mess that up it's gonna mess up at work it's gonna mess up all this shit yeah so if you're gonna do it you gotta at least be honest about it yeah it's a bump in the road but yeah. that doesn't mean it's gonna be a bumpy road for the rest <laughs> oh that that's a good that quote. smooth out that's a good quote dude it's a bump in the road but it doesn't mean it's always gonna be a bumpy road write that down i'll write it down and we need an assistant i know man fucking where's john at when you need him <laughs> How has John been? John's been good. Yeah. Is he still going for the space? He is going for the space. You should try to call him on your phone right now. Ask him, see if we can ask him a space question on the podcast. I'll give him a call. Yeah, and you guys that don't know, my brother is studying to be an astronaut. I'm dead serious. This man is studying to be a fucking astronaut, which blows my mind right now even saying it out loud. Um, but, I mean, he was always the opposite of us in terms of school... And getting shit done. He looks. He kind of. He's got the good looks though. Looks like a young Tom Cruise. Great fisherman. Yeah, he's a good fisherman. Let's hopefully he answers. Oh, this is gonna be awkward. He doesn't know that number. Hello. Oh, hey, Jonathan. Man. It's Patrick. I'm calling you on Max's phone. Oh, what's up? You're on the podcast right now. We got a question for you. Okay. We want you to give us. One fact about space that everybody would be blown away if they knew was true. Wow, you're really putting me on the spot here. Anything. Um, Wormholes, time travel, aliens, life forms, Elon Musk, is he from another oh, world? I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, I'll just give you a fun fact. Okay. In the observable universe, so anywhere that you can see, anywhere that you can see with a telescope or anything that we, uh, we can study... There are uh, more planets, uh, from what we can see, there are more planets just in the Milky Way than there are grains of sand on the Earth. Okay, that's a good one. I'm sure. That whole, that whole argument is just because of uh, the probability of there even being aliens. Like, it's, it's, the probability kind of shows the opposite, you know, that it's almost impossible for there not to be any other biology anywhere. Oh, nice, nice. What about, I got, I know you've told me this one before. Do wormholes exist? Yeah, we know that they exist. 
We know that they exist, but we don't know how to send matter through through anything like that. Okay. Um, a wormhole is just a, is just a tear in space, essentially. It's basically a shortcut from one point of three dimensional space to another point of three dimensional space. But you take the shortcut through the second dimension, so you don't. You can. You kind of get to skip a lot. I got you. Are we on the phone with John Nolan or Carl Saban? I can't tell. <laughs> John, before you go, real quick, I just got to tell you. The other day, I was like talking to somebody about business, and anybody who doesn't know John, like started working for me too, part time doing some stuff. And I was like, he was. They were asking me about my team I had behind me, and I said, I got a graphics guy, and actually, I got a rocket scientist that works for me. <laughs> He's a really smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. They're like, a rocket scientist? So yeah, a rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, last, last thing before you go. If you give your younger self one quote about work ethic, what would you have to tell them about work ethic, its importance, when you should learn it, what you should do with it, et cetera? Just one thing in general about work ethic? Yes. Uh, stick, stick, to, stick to your schedule. Um, you know, designate things that, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, prioritize plan. Hello plan. No, stick, stick to, uh, I'd say, I'd say almost begin with your, the end in mind, you know? Oh, that's a good one. Good end to the call, John. Good end to the call. That's why we All call right. you, man. That's why we call you, John. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll see you later. All right. Bye. Nice. He's... That's uh, insights from the rocket man. That's why we call him, man. Yeah, you got to know stuff like that. Hot on the press. Mm. I like that. The end game. That's good. You got anything you want to tell your kids when they listen to this in 30 years? Uh, don't be a pipe fitter. <laughs> don't be a pipe fitter. All right, guys. Well, this is awesome. This was Max. It's just fun talking to somebody who's you know, not in the circle of fitness, not in the circle of like my style of fitness where you know I'm posting online and shit like that because that's who I talk to right now. You know, Somebody who's living life and living a different life of discipline, living life of discipline through work and living a life of discipline through the pipe fitters and saving money and he's going on runs. So he's living a different life of discipline. You don't have to live my life of discipline. You have to live your life of discipline, the life of discipline that brings you joy, the life of discipline that creates the life you have in your mind, the life of discipline that would make your mom proud, make your kids proud, and make people around you look up to you so you can then speak on what you have to say and provide them with valuable information. Go out, create a daily product you're fucking proud of, and have a fantastic night. Merch coming soon. Merch coming soon. Thank you, every one of you who listened all the way through. It is massively, massively, massively appreciated. And if you're looking to hop on a program that creates a powerful mindset, a program that will get you diced in the process, a program that makes you into that role model for everyone around you, if you're looking for a program that lays out the map to joy, the map to your future vision, your future life, hit me up. I got you. We'll run you through the program. We'll create that mindset by introducing adversity into your life through the training, through the diet, through the morning routine, through the wake-up times, and you will become a person who you don't even recognize in a matter of months. You could find me on Instagram at Pat's Daily Product. You can find me on YouTube at The Daily Product. You can message me over email at 
thedailyproductcoaching at gmail.com. You can, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get a hold of me, do it and I'll throw you on the program. We'll get on these coaching calls. We'll smash your limiting beliefs. We'll outline massive, massive goals for you to hit and you will be amazed. You will be amazed at the joy you bring to everyone around you because you went internal and created something powerful. I love you all. I love every single one of you to the moon and back. Go out, create a daily product you're proud of. I know I already said it, but I'm going to say it again because it's so important.